Welcome into the Focused on Fenway podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Locke. Sit back and relax as I update you on everything going on in the world of Red Sox baseball from Boston and beyond. Please be sure to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Focused on Fenway. You can also follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome into another exciting episode of Focused on Fenway. I'm your host, Daniel Locke. I study journalism at Auburn University, and I also serve as the co-sports director of Auburn's student-run radio station, Weagle 91.1 FM. I know it has been a little while since I've spoken with you. The last time we talked, it was on Friday, August 19th, a little over a week ago at this point. We recapped the series against the Pittsburgh Pirates in which the Red Sox took two out of three. And then we previewed the three-game set against the Orioles, the third game of that being the Little League Classic over in Pennsylvania. So I'm not going to recap the Blue Jays series that happened in between the series that is coming up next. Or, excuse me, I'm not going to recap that Blue Jays series um, the Blue Jays took. That they swept, so I don't really want to talk about it, so kind of a convenient excuse. I will recap the Red Sox one that just finished, and I'll preview the Twin Series. Sorry it's been a little while on my end. Um, I was pretty busy at the end of the Orioles series. I was going to record one on Monday, August 22nd, um, and then just life got in the way. Very busy day. And then I was going to record one previewing the Ray series. I was going to I was going to do that on Friday, but I came down with strep throat, and it just wasn't a good scene. So I was very busy. Then I got sick, but I'm feeling well enough and have the time to do an episode now. So we're just going to get right into it. This three game set with the Rays, in which the Red Sox took two out of three. It got underway on Friday night. The Red Sox took a nine to eight victory. Um, Michael Waha was on the mound for the Red Sox, and he's become my favorite pitcher, hands down. Six innings pitched, four in runs, six strikeouts, one walk, and he improved to nine and one on the year. On the other hand, for the Rays, it was Ryan Yarbrough on the mound, I believe. I believe he started. He pitched 3.1 innings, gave up. Five, excuse me, no. I don't think he started this game. One second. I apologize. Okay. JT Chargoyce started for the um, Rays. He kind of did the opener thing that teams have been doing. He pitched one inning, giving up one hit, no runs, no walks, and striking out one. And then Ryan Yarbrough came in, pitched 3.1 innings, gave up eight hits, five earned runs, two walks, and struck out three. So that is why I was confused there. And then Garrett Whitlock came in, pitched the ninth inning, one inning pitch, no earned runs, one strikeout, no walks to pick up his sixth save on the year. So Diaz started off strong for the Rays in the top of the first inning, hitting a solo shot to left field. G-Man Choi hit a two-run homer that also scored Siri in the top of the second and put the Rays up 3-0. In the bottom of the third, the Reds or in the bottom of the second, the Red Sox gave a little bit back as Kevin Ploiecki reached on an infield single that scored Christian Arroyo. Then in the top of the third for the Rays, Ramirez hit a sack fly to right that scored Diaz. 
Then in the bottom of the fourth, Franchi Cordero hit a single home run to make the score 4-2. Also in the bottom of the fourth, Jaron Duran hit a sack fly to right, which scored Kike Hernandez. So good to be able to say that name again. So good to have Kike back. Then in the bottom of the fifth inning, Kike Hernandez singled the center to score Xander Bogarts. Also in the bottom of the fifth, Kevin Ploiecki hit a double to left field that scored Bobby Dahlbeck and put the Red Sox up 5-4. Then in the bottom of the sixth, Xander Bogarts hit a three-run bomb that also scored Alex Verdugo and J.D. Martinez. And then Alex Verdugo capped off the scoring for the Red Sox in the bottom of the seventh with a triple deep center that scored Tommy Pham. And the Red Sox tried their best to blow this one. They took a 9-4 lead into the top of the eighth. Then for the Rays, Peralta hit a single that scored Rosarena. And then Siri hit a homer that scored Ramirez and Peralta as well as him. But luckily the Red Sox were able to escape that inning. And then Garrett Whitlock was able to come in and shut down the ninth, pick up the save, and he secured the Red Sox win. So moving on to Saturday, the Red Sox won 5-1. to one, And this was one of the most dominant pitching Red Sox performances I remember in a long time. Rich Hill started for the Sox. He pitched seven innings, no runs, 11 strikeouts, and a walk. It was Jeffrey Springs on the other side for the Rays. He pitched six innings, gave up five earned runs, struck out eight, and walked one. The Red Sox started off strong in the bottom of the first inning as J.D. Martinez singled the deep left that scored Tommy Pham and Alex Verdugo. And then Bobby Dahlbeck hit a single that scored Raphael Devers and Trevor Story. Also good to say his name again. Welcome back, Trevor. And then in the bottom of the fourth inning, Kike Hernandez hit a homer to left field. That was all the scoring for the Red Sox, but that was more than enough as the only production for the Rays came in the top of the eighth, as Randy Rosarena hit a single to right that scored Diaz. And that was it for the 5-1 victory for the Sox. Then, unfortunately, things kind of fell apart today. We just can't have nice things all the time as Red Sox fans. So they dropped this one 12-4, unfortunately. Nick Pavetta was on the mound today. He pitched for five innings, gave up five runs, struck out four, and walked three. Corey Kluber was on the mound for the um, Rays. He pitched six innings, gave up three runs, struck out four, and walked no one. And I'm not going to talk about all the Rays runs here. They're just too many. But in the bottom of the third, Franchi Cordero had a solo shot. In the bottom of the fourth, J.D. Martinez had a solo shot. In the bottom of the fifth, Tommy Pham hit a solo shot. And then in the bottom of the seventh, Xander Bogarts hit a sack fly that scored Bobby Dahlbeck. So, yeah, if, if some of those, if a few more of those, you know, solo home runs had, you know, driven in some more people, this could have potentially had a different outcome. But that is just not how it went down today. We're going to step away for a second. When we get back, we're going to talk about this three-game set with the Twins that starts tomorrow night. And Minnesota. Are you a fan of mixed martial arts? If so, I have a place for you. Brawl Talk MMA is one of the best places to go for interviews with fighters, fight predictions, recaps, and so much more. Brawl Talk MMA is run by my good friend Will Miller, and let me tell you, he's one of the best in the business. You can follow Brawl Talk on Instagram at Brawl Talk MMA and subscribe on YouTube. Let Will know I sent you. Alright, so before we get into this series with the Twins, we're going to take a look at the record and standings. So after the three-game set with the Rays, the Red Sox sit at 62 wins and 66 losses. 
for a .484 winning percentage. This still has them in fifth place in the American League East. They are 16 games behind the first place New York Yankees, and they are 10.5 games behind the fourth place Baltimore Orioles. This is just a really painful position to be in. Just I'm not used to the Orioles being better than us, and honestly, I'm, I'm hoping this is just kind of a one-year wonder type of deal. I'm just not optimistic on the Red Sox chances down the stretch. Um, if the season were to end today, the Red Sox would obviously be on the outside looking in. They are seven games back from ownership of the third wild card spot, which is currently held by the Toronto Blue Jays. But a team that is only three games back from the third wild card spot, the Red Sox are about to take on in the Minnesota Twins. The Twins are 65 and 61 on the year. Um, that has them in second place in the American League Central, trailing the Cleveland Guardians. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Um, the consensus all offseason, as limited offseason, because the lockout, there just wasn't much baseball talk. But the Chicago White Sox, kind of being like the Red Sox this year, just a massive disappointment compared to you know what they were supposed to be. And the Cleveland Guardians are a team that had like a less than one percent chance of winning the playoff or making the playoffs when the year started, and now it's looking pretty good for their chances of being involved in October baseball. But yeah, that's we're just gonna get on into this series against the Twins. It starts tomorrow night. So on the mound for the Red Sox in Game One, we have Brand Bello. He is zero and three on the year with a. Very not ideal, 7.36 ERA, a 2.09 whip, 22 innings pitched. He's allowed 34 hits, struck out 22, walked 12. And then on the other side for the Twins is Dylan Bundy. Um, Bundy is 7-6 on the year with a 4.56 ERA, a 1.21 whip, 108.2 innings pitched, 108 hits. 77 strikeouts and 23 walks. And Brian Bellows last time out, it was last Wednesday against the Blue Jays. He pitched for five innings, giving up six hits, two runs, walking one, and striking out seven. And then for Dylan Bundy, his last time out was last Wednesday against the Houston Astros. He pitched for five innings, giving up three hits, two runs, one walk, and striking out no one. So, obviously, with as bad as Brian Bellows' ERA is, um, I'm not. It's hard to be optimistic in a game where he's pitching. Yet, I still am going to be because you know why not? Like, what did Red Sox have to lose at this point for real? So, moving on to Tuesday night. Um, Cutter Crawford is on the mound for Boston. Chris Archer is on the mound for Minnesota. Crawford is 3-5 on the year with a 5.3 ERA, a 1.40 whip, 73 innings pitched, 77 hits, 72 strikeouts, and 25 walks. Cutter's last outing came on, on Thursday against the Toronto Blue Jays. He pitched 4.2 innings, gave up a whopping 10 hits. Definitely not ideal. Four runs, walked two, and struck out five. And then on the other side, Chris Archer's last outing also came on Thursday against Houston. He pitched four innings, giving up eight hits, five runs, um, one walk, and striking out two. 
So not his best outing last time, not Cutter's best outing either. I definitely feel like that could be a good thing for the Red Sox. Um, hopefully Archer's still not... Hopefully he just doesn't come out and throw a complete gym. And hopefully Cutter Crawford pitches like he's shown he's capable of pitching. And I feel like the Red Sox can definitely be competitive in Game 2 after most likely dropping Game 1. And then in the series finale on Wednesday... All three of these start at um, 7.40 Eastern, 6.40 Central Time, by the way. Michael Walker is pitching in Game 3. Joe Ryan is pitching in Game 3 for the Twins. Um, on the year, Waka is 9-1 with a 2.53 ERA, a 1.03 whip, 89 innings pitched, 67 hits allowed, 69 strikeouts, and 25 walks. And Waka's last outing... I went through this earlier. I'll go through it again. It was on Friday against the Rays. He pitched six innings, giving up five hits, four runs, one walk, and striking out six. <coughs> Excuse me. Still a little under the weather, but it's fine. On the other side for the Twins in Game 3 is Joe Ryan. He is 10-6 and six on the year with a 3.65 ERA, a 1.11 whip. 113.1 innings pitched, 92 hits, 113 strikeouts, and 34 walks. His last outing came on Friday against the Giants. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> okay, all right, I think I'm done now. Anyways, last outing was on Friday against the Giants. He pitched six innings, giving up two hits, three walks, and striking out eight. So... As much as I hate to say this, I think the Red Sox are going to drop two out of three of these. I'm most optimistic for Game 3 for the sole purpose that Michael Walker is hot right now. But, you know, it remains to be seen. So once again, we're going to step away. But when we come back, we're going to run through some Red Sox stat leaders, as well as looking at the series history between the Red Sox and the Twins. Alright, so we're going to finish up here today by looking at the Red Sox stat leaders and then kind of looking at the team's history against the Twins. Xander Bogarts leads the team in batting average at .303. Um, Raphael Devers leads the team in home runs of 25. He also leads the team in RBIs with 65. Xander Bogarts leading the way in on-base percentage with .372 and hits as well at 136. So the left side of the infield has been phenomenal this year, both in the field and hitting. I love Bogart's endeavors. I really hope the Red Sox for many, many years to come. And I just I love these guys and I love watching them. So Nick Pavetta is the pitcher who leads the Red Sox and wins with nine. He also leads the team in ERA at 440. Michael Wacha is not quite eligible for that list yet. He also leads in strikeouts with 143. Tanner Hook leads the team in saves with 8. John Streber leads the team in holds with 18. So definitely not ideal numbers. I would certainly love for them to be a little bit better, but that's just not the case. So glancing at the Red Sox all-time history against the Twins, they hold the series 986 wins to 948 losses. They played for the first time in, let's see here, Okay, they played for the first time in 1901. So, definitely the opposite of, like, when the first time I did this in the Pirate series, when there had been 
prior to that series a total of like 23 games between the two ever. Um, so at home, the Red Sox are 554 and 412 all time. On the road, the Twins have it. 432 to 536. And then the teams haven't played in the playoffs a whole lot. So I'm interested to see what the next time that'll be is. Both teams look like they'll be, well, the Twins definitely look like they'll be good for years to come. The Red Sox, you know, jury's still out on that. So that is about all the time I have tonight and about all the content as well. I will get an episode out shortly after this Twin Series ends. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Focused on Fenway. Between now and the next time, go Sox. Thank you for listening to the Focused on Fenway podcast. I had a great time keeping you informed on everything going on with the Boston Red Sox. Please follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Focused on Fenway. You can also follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke. Have a great rest of your night, and I'll speak with you soon.